greater than I hear and I forgot. I see and I remember. I do and I understand. Confucius. Throughout history, many thinkers have conveyed the sentiment that learning is synonymous with doing. Yet, the educational model in most educational institutions from kindergarten through graduate degrees is listening, looking, responding. The doing takes a back seat. Well, from an overburdened educator's perspective it is easier to plan, move through more content and manage a room of students and lecturing can easily segue into discussion. Yet, what should guide the educational model, ease or research? Are the conclusions in fact different? What does the research say about the impact of doing or moving on brain development, especially as it relates to learning? In 1977, Jay Prescott found there was a non-motor component to the cerebellum, particularly the section of the anterior cingulate. When rats engaged in novel movements, the area became very active. Additionally, when movement impairments are present, the cerebellum is negatively impacted. This fact that novel movements activated the cerebellar anterior cingulate as opposed to all movements, shows that region becomes active when the brain is engaged in something new aka learning. The significance of this study is that the cerebellum had previously been solely associated with motor control. Eric Jensen, cites in his book, Teaching with the Brain in Mind, multiple sources which showed the involvement of the cerebellum in more than just learning, dating as far back as 1994. Most specifically, a team of researchers identified a path from the cerebellum or what people call the primitive brain, to multiple parts of the brain involved in memory, attention, and spatial perception. The support doesn't end there. Further studies using primarily free, showed a relationship between the cerebellum and the visual and language systems, which involved skills such as predicting, sequencing, ordering, timing, and practicing or rehearsing a task before carrying it out, essential skills in the learning process. Evidence of the role movement plays in learning extends beyond what researchers are seeing in the brain. From a practical perspective, structured and purposeful physical activity has been known to improve mood, alertness, and physical health. These three factors alone, directly and indirectly increase a child learning potential. They directly increase through the simple fact that if children are happy, awake and not feeling physically ill, they are more likely to be able to focus in class and learn the information being presented. Indirectly, these factors lead to decreased stress and cortisol release. Cortisol is a stress hormone, that when released during times of crisis will trigger a person's flight, fight or freeze response, located in the amygdala. Furthermore, cortisol release, locks the brain's access to the prefrontal cortex in an effort to conserve energy. The prefrontal cortex houses executive functioning skills, essential in the learning process. Greater than tell me and I forget, teach me and I remember. Involve me and I learn. Benjamin Franklin. If so much of what is now known supports the role of movement in learning, why remove, or demote the very programs that naturally allow students to move? Perhaps because peer-reviewed literature shows mixed results and standardized test scores continue to fall. The association between school-based physical activity, including physical education, and academic performance, a systematic review of the literature was published in 2011, this peer review showed that slightly more than half, 50.5%, of all associations examined were positive, 48% were not significant, and 1.5% were negative. The conclusion then is it may help, it certainly doesn't hurt. However, in 2012, another peer-reviewed article controlled for quality of study. The conclusions of this study were twofold, 
Additional quality studies need to be conducted to confirm, but there is a positive correlation between participation in physical education classes and academic performance. Moving more means learning more, not less. Although, sometimes more is less. Let's take a look at how the brain learns and what increased academic hours offer. More and longer academic hours in the subjects of reading and math are not necessarily the best way to increase student proficiency in these subjects. Benedict Carey in How We Learn, discusses the strange yet proven ways that brains learn best, for example, retention improves when concepts are taught, then forgotten, review is strategically spaced out, concepts within one subject are interwoven, and sleep. Therefore, the learning that takes place during increased class time on subjects that we have already been exposed to during the day may decrease our retention for that information not increase it. While it is indirectly related to movement, a case is made for adding classes such as physical education, dance, and even recess time back into the schedule since these opportunities naturally lead to the very strategies that are shown to improve learning and retention. Researchers across multiple studies found that spacing out information leads to overall increased and deeper retention, possibly because the brain becomes almost habituated to new information when repeated in succession during one period. Education policy, common core and education programs will not change overnight, however, change can begin one teacher, one classroom, one school at a time. The solution is simple, incorporate movement into daily practices, which can be done in a variety of ways. Yoga balls. While this idea is relatively new, when implemented intentionally, and slowly over time, it will allow kinesthetic and vestibular learners to self-regulate, which will increase sustained attention, task persistence while ideally increasing endorphins and increasing cortisol. Brain Gym. Brain Gym is an example simple movement-based program with activities which challenges students to use coordinated movements to cross midline. This increases brain lateralization and improves communication between the right and left hemispheres of the brain. Students who possess the ability to cross midline are more likely to succeed on standardized testing. Standing desks. Initial mainstream reports have shown these desks to be placed in offices, however, they also have a place in the classroom, especially for students whose primary learning style is vestibular or kinesthetic. These desks have been shown to decrease some students' need to move, increase attention and task persistence. Additionally, when adapted to be multifunctional, the one-size-fits-all model is simultaneously embraced and debunked. State changes. State changes are literally changes of one's current state. Children in elementary through middle school classrooms are known to have a static attention capacity of on average 10 to 15 minutes, this may be less for early elementary students. Class periods are typically 45 to 60 minutes longer and sometimes upwards of 90 minutes when schools implement block scheduling. An hour is a long time for adults to be expected to sit and pay attention to one source of stimulus, let alone children and adolescents. State changes allow for this period to be broken up in intentionally and functional ways. State changes can take the form of listening to a mini-lesson to engaging in a think-pair share to completing an independent activity and then engaging in a whole group classroom discussion. Additionally, they can be the foundation of the activity after a lesson. For example, after teaching vocabulary words, students could break into pairs or small groups and develop a skit to act out one to two of their words while the rest of the class makes educational guesses as to what words they are demonstrating. Movement-based memorization games. This type of activity most commonly is associated with math concepts and teaching. Since rhythm and counting are essentially one and the same. For kinesthetic and vestibular learners, 
activities that pair movements with multiplication, division, or even problem-solving processes are often more easily remembered and retained. Here are a few resources to get you started. HTTP colon slash slash www.mathdance.org HTTP colon slash slash www.mathinyourfeet.com HTTP colon slash slash www.mathandmovement.com While this thinking might not be entirely the blanket truth, the body's truth lies within it. Children need to be engaged in order to learn. Moving and doing is a natural way to engage busy bodies and minds. Greater than we learn, greater than 10% of what we read. Greater than 20% of what we hear. Greater than 30% of what we see. Greater than 50% of what we see and hear. Greater than 70% of what we discuss. Greater than 80% of what we experience. Greater than 95% of what we teach others. Greater than. Greater than. Greater than William Glasser.